Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie Austin and friends. And boy, do we have a full house. We actually have on spring break my son, Riley, joining us. Natalie Carrado, friend and real estate agent, supporter of the good news. Therapist Lisa Dunning and also Beatrice Bruno, drill sergeant of life, author and speaker. Wow, we have a full house. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have my favorite good news story of the week. And Beatrice was indeed a drill sergeant in the Army. And so I always save one military story for her. So this guy's a double amputee. And I have to tell you guys, I am so inspired by people who persevere, Mm -hmm. who don't give up, who have that human spirit that seems unshakable. And I'm always in such awe because I wonder if I would have that kind of spirit Mm -hmm. if something like that happened to me. And then uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I've been talking about Riley uh, training in a gym with other Christians. And I want to talk to him about about the influence that's had on him. And, you know, if he feels comfortable like then when he goes to school and he's wearing his cross, if, you know, in that environment where maybe kids might say, what is that? Or why are you wearing that? How he feels about about that if you feel strong enough to stand up to kids in a public school when they may not um, be Christian and question him about that. So I'm curious. I haven't asked him about that yet. So let's listen to our good news story, and then we'll talk after that. This is mind-blowing. Here come the latest graduates of the Suffolk County Police Academy on Long Island, New York. Making it through seven months of police training is a big achievement for anyone. But for this recruit, today's accomplishment borders on the miraculous. I just got chills. You know, you hear the pipe band and this beat just going through your body and having this pride within you, knowing that you finally, you know, completed the the dream that you didn't know if you would be able to do yourself. 28-year-old Matias Ferreira used to be a Marine, served in Afghanistan. And in 2011, he stepped on an IED and lost both legs from the knee down. It was a nightmare and the end of a childhood dream. Matias immigrated to America from Uruguay at the age of six. Not long after, he saw a Marine in dress blues and decided, that's what I'm gonna be when I grew up. His plan was to be a Marine for life, until he lost his legs and had to come up with a new plan to serve. So I started looking into the police department and seeing if they would take me with, you know, the situation of prosthetics. And I spent numerous hours Googling police officer with prosthetics, pilots with prosthetics, anything that would come up. And I just couldn't find anything. You know, That's could, because nobody done it. <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of going in blind. I don't know what's going to happen. Fact is, as best anyone could tell, there had never been a full-time active duty double amputee police officer. But that didn't stop Matias. He applied like everyone else. Really, the only special accommodation he wanted was that he not get any special accommodations. If I feel like somebody helped me, I wouldn't have wanted it. It wouldn't have been fair to me, and it wouldn't have been fair to the police officers behind me. So he went through the same exact training. That's him with the baton. Some in the department were curious. If he fell trying to apprehend a suspect, could he even get up? And that answered that. Which brings us here. Today, Matias not only graduated, he graduated class president, wife and daughter, clearly proud. Matias told me when he lost those legs, he knew if he worked hard, another door would open. And here he is, on the glorious other side of that threshold. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Brentwood, New York. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I laugh because that's that military discipline, that military um, go-getter attitude, you know. And he, regardless of whether he's lost his legs or not, he wants to go and continue to serve. And I, I'm just so stinking proud of all my military brothers and sisters. I really am because we get the job done. You know, and that's not saying anything against anybody that has not served in some point, you know, some form. But we get the job done regardless of the things that have transpired in our lives. We still go out there and we do what we got to do. You know, and a lot of that, well, ladies, I don't know if you know, um, Beatrice was recently doing a book signing and she was in Tennessee and three of her from the 1980s, her recruits, she was their drill sergeant, came to see her and she burst into tears. Wow. I, did. I cried and Angie knows I don't cry. I, I say that's, that's y'all look white chicks that y'all do all that crying and stuff and, and i just i cried bawling. because these boys meant a lot to me they graduated from basic training in 1988 and for them to come and and, and one is a double amputee mm -hmm. um he drove to come and see me during this book signing and he bought my book he said drill sergeant I'm going to have to give you my boot money. <laughs> Child, give me the money. <laughs> you know, but that's just that, that, that stick to itiveness. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. That's I love great. that. Awesome. You know, I, I brought Riley in here um, to talk about that stick to itiveness too, because he's been training. I think I've told you with Aaron, who's yes. Natalie's husband, and he has a Christian gym. And I really wanted Riley to be around other cool kids who are Christians that, you know, don't really swear and talk yeah. and they, and they talk respectfully about women because all, Already in fifth grade, kids are starting to use bad language a little bit, right, Rye? Mm -hmm. A little bit. And yeah. be inappropriate. Very. Very inappropriate. Mm -hmm. they're, like, they're saying things at school, on the playground and stuff that are inappropriate. So then you're in the gym and you're with Aaron, um, Natalie's husband, and then other um, young people who are Christians. And then he asked me for a necklace because Aaron has a... Mm -hmm. um, a nail cross necklace and then a nail, right? Mm -hmm. So Riley said, will you get that for me? So I did. Aaron's so funny. He goes, we can get it for him. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm yeah. like, no, we, we, <laughs> we got it. We got it. And so I was just curious, Ry, if you wear that to school and kids make fun of you, you're in a public school. They may not all be Christians. How do you feel about that? How do you handle that? I don't know. I just, it's fine. Like, I just wear it. And if they say, like, why are you wearing that or what's that for? They just say, what is that? And I just say... It's Jesus' cross. Like the one with the nail, they're like, what is that? Why are you wearing a nail? And it's like, because it's the one that um, that they pinned Jesus to the cross. Amen. And it says John 3.16. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that no one's made fun of you? No. Good. Well, that's good. See, that's therapist good. Lisa, I was going to ask you about that peer pressure, because right. he's getting peer pressure around him. The kids are becoming popular that mm -hmm. use bad language and say inappropriate things. Somehow that makes the other kids laugh, and they become, like, cool. Right. And I think it's, you know, we talked about this in other um, segments. It's how you feel about yourself. So at, at the end of the day, that's what matters. It's not about caving into what your, your friends are doing and stuff, because you have to look at yourself in the mirror and see, you know what, did I make good choices today? And sometimes those choices are going to chase so-called friends away, but are they really your friends if they're right. not, mm -hmm. you know, supporting you? And then he has other friends that he can gravitate towards. Definitely. Who are like him. And I think his teacher is really supportive of good choices, isn't he? Very. Very much yeah, so. That's great. And, and he, he, 
he thinks you have good character. He often um, kind of gives you a pat on the back. What, doesn't he kind of give you, like, act, you know, increase your self-confidence by uh, encouraging you? Yeah, so we have, like, these things in our class, like, called All-Stars. So if we, like, do a good job, he'll, it's like we use it as, like, money in class. And so he'll give us, like, a couple if we're doing good and stuff. To kind of say you're on the right track. Yeah, and then you can, like, spend it on stuff. Like, he'll do, like crew lunch or something or like an extra recess you can buy or a hat for a day oh wear a hat in class for a day and all those things are for good behavior yeah and for not using bad language and not doing naughty things so that's encouraged by your teacher for sure big time so when you're training with other christians in the gym um it's sick uh strength in christ gym what's it like why do you like being around those guys so much well it's not much being like around them it's just like like there's not there's like, there's a couple people, like, my age, but I like kind of like it because, like, some of, like, my trainers, like Jake, he'll just do, like, me and him just train, and so I like all the attention and stuff. Yeah, and and you like it that they're Christians, too, and that they, um, you're like-minded or that they support you doing the right thing? Yeah, like, whenever, like, um, something's really hard and you're almost done, they're, like, Grind, Riley, grind. <laughs> and make you do it. Yeah, you're really making some good strides. Boy, his times in swimming, every single swim meet they've improved, which is really um, unheard of to keep mm-hmm. every week getting faster and faster when he has these back-to-back swim meets. Yeah, it's uh, like seconds, and sometimes it's like milliseconds. That you get, yeah, it, that you improve, and it's the hard to keep is, improving yeah. like week after week, so he's gotten so much stronger. He's working so hard in there. One thing about friends, too, is uh, one someone once told me you are who you hang out with. Mm. And that's so important because you get to choose your friends. And I haven't always made the wisest decisions in friends when I was younger. And it got me in a lot of trouble. And I just feel like you are who you hang out with. So if you choose your friends wisely, those that, you know, truly want to know more about Jesus and want like your necklace and just, I mean, that gives you an opportunity to share your faith with them. And um, and just good decision makers. You know, that's who you want to really hang out with. I and mean, they, they pray with you rye at the gym yeah every t- at, at, when we're done we always pray like with everyone and, that, and you're comfortable with that you like that mm-hmm. and then what about confidence do you think you're confident mm-hmm. what yeah. do you think about yourself like if you had three words to like describe who you are like what you stand for like what's important to you um nice strong and giving yeah yeah and smart he said it's cool oh, yeah, and smart. smart yeah and handsome <laughs> yeah, why not? We can not? just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Riley. I was just curious because, you know, it was important. Uh, Natalie knows. Uh, Natalie's our real estate agent and friend, but um, she knew that I wanted to get him into, um, it, you know, sick athletes with her husband and these other Christian young people because I thought that'd be a good influence on Riley when I found out, you know, he was at a slumber party and some kid was looking up something that he shouldn't have been looking up and, you know, they're starting to say things and, and he's come home a couple of times and told my husband and I stuff that's been said at school and my husband really likes him being in public school and in that environment he thinks it's the real world and I of course want him to go to a Christian high school and so we've been having this debate haven't we had this debate already for years haven't we Riley I'm fine with a public school because like no one will really pick on me why just no one will I don't know they just don't so so far so good yeah so yeah I'm like more up here yeah, in your strength and being able to stand up to people in your confidence. Yes, like strong, like good at stuff. People would be like, oh, I don't want to mess with him. Yeah. And then if they do mess with like 
little kids, I'll just walk over there and tell them. Stand up for them. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you. That's yeah. awesome. That's a big but thing. But he has such a good example with you and Mark. We're he trying. Really does. We're you trying. know, because you, you, you um, Man. We do talk you, to him a lot. We had a, a family meeting last night, didn't we, Rye? Yeah. About how f- important family is and yeah. to treat your sisters well and to treat your siblings well because yes. you'll have them for your whole life. And we um, watched this uh, documentary on, um, what's his, Singletary? What was his, Mike, Mike Singletary? Singletary. Yeah, and mid- he'd come from, linebacker. yeah, middle linebacker. He'd had 10, 10 kids in his family and a really, dysfun- he said dysfunctional is a mild word for it. And he talked about this family that he raised, seven kids, and how he told these kids what's in these inside these walls is the most important or family and i grew up in a family that fought and i'm not raising a family like that mm-hmm. yeah and they like it was just kind of sad is that um one of his brothers like died in his sleep and the other one died by like drunk being, driver yeah, by a drunk oh. driver yeah and then yeah. the dad the dad moved on and you know it was in fact the oddest thing about mike singletary i mean this is a guy who became a hall of fame football player and uh, went on to coach uh, in san francisco that he um, was baltimore. the first in baltimore he was the first a kid out of 10, he's the youngest, the first kid that was allowed to play sports because his dad uh, was a pastor um, and a pastor in a way that he didn't want any distractions. Mm -hmm. So here this Hall of Fame football player in his family was the first out of 10 to ever get to play sports. Wow. Mike Singletary was awesome, too, because he had more intensity on the field than any player oh. before or since. Oh, wow. And he had this thing where and his, his fate, eyes. You know he's Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, he was on the, and he's on the, and he's going after the quarterback. Like, his job was his to, like, smash so the quarterback. Big. And his eyes would get so <laughs> wide, and it freaked everyone out. Yeah. And he said wow. they got so wide because he didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, yeah, he'd exactly. open them really yeah, wide. Open them so wide, it freaked <laughs> everyone out. And, like, that was, like, his intensity was amazing. Was well, we un- were watching uncharted. it, and I was so inspired by him. And I could tell he was a Christian by some of his terminology. And so I said to my husband, can we rewind this and show it to Riley? Because here he's in this horrible family life. He'd given up when he'd lost these two brothers. He'd given up. And his dad had left, and he was growing up in the church, but there was a lot of just dysfunction and abuse, I believe, is you know, pretty much what he was saying. And he said at 12, he gave up. Like, I'm not going to be... You know, at the bottom of the pool, I'm not going to be at the top. I've given, I'm going to be mediocre. And his mom came to him and said, you have to rise to the occasion and be the man of the family. Now we've lost two of your brothers and your dad now isn't here. And so there's something special about you. And so you have to rise to the occasion and be the man of the family. And because she believed in him, he said he went straight to his room and he created his vision statement. And he went through every goal and he achieved them all. It was, you know, go to college, um, play professional football, you know, play, get a college scholarship, uh, you know, go oh, so on. Go to the Hall of Fame. And all of these things that a 12-year-old wrote, he achieved. So that's when I said to my husband, let's rewind this and play it for Riley. In fact, I called the girls up, but they're too young. They didn't hope crawl out of the room. Yeah, she she was like stealth mode crawling out of I didn't know how she got out. Like, I'm like, Hope, you might like this too. You know, it's very inspirational. Yeah, and you're like, Hope, isn't this cool? And no one answered. (laughs) (laughs) Riley saw her crawl out of the room. She was like, couldn't see her. She she put like pillows over her like body and like, Slither oh so gosh. she could go watch like trolls or something, yeah. you know. Really, <laughs> not <laughs> <That's interesting. pretty laughs> funny. Oh gosh! All right. Um, another cool. thing that um, I've been sharing with you guys a lot is uh, the I Like Giving website, just with stories that people submit about giving. Um, uh, we stopped the other day and we gave um, money to a guy which we frequently do, and I know everybody has mixed feelings about that. Normally I'd like to give food or a gift card, but sometimes I just have money. And uh, Natalie says her husband says, well, it's up to him and God as to what they do with it. You know, if they're going to use it for drugs, you know, there's not much you can do about it. So anyway, I said to this guy, what's your story? 
when I opened the window. And he looked so taken aback, and he was real clean cut. And uh, he's like, well, what, what do you mean? I said, what's your story, you know? And he said, well, I'm just kind of a normal guy. I had some drug problems, and I'm, you know, I'm clean now. And I said, good, well, good for you for getting, you know, clean. You know, God bless you. And then I don't know if it was me, like, asking him or him having to admit what his story was or me not just handing him money, but I actually had a conversation with him like a regular human. But my daughter, Hope, said when we turned the corner, she said, Mom, because he walked away from us, and there weren't any cars behind me. So I'm like, well, who is he going walking towards, you know? Uh, she said, he, Mom, he's, he's crying when oh. we drove away. And so I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but maybe it, I don't know. And I, I know a lot of people don't talk to people that they perceive to be homeless. Mm-hmm. They don't look at them. You know, whenever, um, and I've been down in Five Points area and talking to homeless people, there's this one guy in particular. He came up, he said, hey, he was drunk. Hey, can you give me some money? And I said to him, I said, why are you out here? Because, you know, I'm a preacher, and so I'm going to go straight to the crux of the matter. And I say to him, why are you out here? And he said, well, I got on some hard times. I said, let me tell you something. Your mama and your grandmama been praying for your behind, and you still out here? He straightened up like he was, he was sober as a judge. And he said, I'm, I said to him, I'm going to give you some money, but I'm praying for you today. And he looked at me, tears streaming down his face. He said, ma'am, thank you so much. Whoa. Thank you. I appreciate it. He said, I'm going to straighten my life out. I said, you better. I could say because those prayers that your mama and your grandmama been praying for you. I said, God wants to bring that to manifestation, but you're holding it up because your behind is out here on the street. <laughs> well, and then Natalie had the opposite uh, reaction. She told the guy, Jesus loves you. When she gave him money, he started screaming oh at gosh. her. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing you can do. I yeah. mean, yeah. all you can do is just give them the love of Christ. That's right. And if they, you know, act like that, you kick the dirt from your heels and move on to the next. That's right. So. You know, recently, re- remember, Rye, we were going to the zoo a couple of weeks ago, and we gave the guy, we had fresh, big, fat oh, chocolate yeah. chip cookies. Yeah. And he remember how happy he was, and he was Christian. Like he yeah. was really uh, receptive to us. You were, you were like, oh, you want a cookie? They're fresh, man. He was like, oh yes, thank you so much. Like his face, like his oh, eyes was, were really rotten. And it was wide. still hot. Yeah. You know, it was like a gooey. Yeah. And we saw him as we were driving away. He was like wrapping it up in this old baggie and this old like plastic uh-huh. wrap to like treasure it and yeah. put it in his backpack. Yeah. And uh-huh. I look at, I said, look, right, he's wrapping it all up like it's a golden nugget. You know, because right. it was so important to him that he saved yeah, he this. He put it. He like wrapped it in like tissue paper and then, and then some, an old baggie and then like baggy and then put it in the pocket yeah really <laughs> like yeah. taking care of it yeah but um yeah he he was real receptive to us saying that you know god bless you and we'll pray for you and you just never know i mean you all don't. you can do is plant yeah. that seed right that's right yeah that's right water. and just think about it any one of us could be out there on the street yeah you know some families they just live in one paycheck away from being homeless. Mm, and mm, so mm. we have to think about this. Jesus said that we're to go out there and to minister to these people, those that are homeless, those that are, are without food. We're supposed to go and minister to them. Mm-hmm. How can we minister by rolling up our window real quick and saying, I don't see them. They're, right. they're right. not there, so yeah, I look, don't see them. Look away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kirk Franklin I, I sings a, a song, you, It Could Have Been Me. That's and right. every time I hear that song, it's like it, any any of that could have been us. Well, you know what's funny is we all sit here, and Natalie's a successful real estate agent. I'm you know, a relatively successful radio host with the national show and this one and Beatrice is an author and speaker and we the three of us you don't know Natalie's full testimony but Natalie I mean she had a rough start to life Mm -hmm. and so did I and so did you Beatrice so it's interesting how far the Lord has brought us because we especially as a kid uh, we could have been there I mean we lived in low-income housing we weren't that far away from being homeless either yeah 
All right. Um, my understanding is our uh, buddy Billy Hollowell with Faith Wire is joining us next. And That's he right. has a really cool story about a baseball team, and it went viral. The picture, they gathered together and were praying in the dugout, and after they lost, they still prayed in the dugout. And then we have another story about a man who uh, was given a cancer diagnosis and what he saw and what he got inspiration from because he's, he had some fears about this cancer that mm. I think will really touch your heart. Oh, and a teenager who approached a cop and asked him if he could pray for him. Oh, yeah, and the cop man. was so touched. They're like buddies now. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie. Uh, Let's talk now to Adam Katz with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. And Adam, you help the kids whose parents are dealing with cancer because oftentimes the kids don't get to be kids when their parents are sick, correct? That's it, exactly. Peyton is 10, Rylan is 8, and they both would love to play a sport. They like basketball and baseball and soccer. For $100, you can sponsor one of these kids. How do we sponsor them for a sport this spring? Uh, Give me a call and tell me which one you want to do. The sports are baseball, basketball, and soccer. They love them all. They cost about $100 each. The mother in this situation is battling breast cancer, so it's just gotten a little too expensive for them at this point. And the children shouldn't miss out simply because the parents are struggling right now. I agree. Peyton is 10. Rylan is 8. They shouldn't miss out on sports. Their mom dealing with breast cancer. They're already going through a hard time, and this would allow them to be kids. If you want to sponsor either of them, call Adam at 720-530-9482, 720-530-9482, or go to org. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080. 303-457-8080 
or spinegeek.com. Maximized living, adjustments for life. Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. Valerie in Highlands Ranch said, Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations. My mother stated that we need to clone her. And how about Jen in Parker? What else to say about Natalie Corrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress-free and easy. And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction. And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it. She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at Remax Realtors at livingdenver.com and she will get the job done. Billy Hollowell, our friend with Faithwire, joining us for some of the top trending stories on Faithwire. Welcome, Billy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Some of your stories are just, I just love them. I just love how you pick them. I love the, you know, the faith aspect involved. Uh, one of the stories of interest is, uh, can I pray with you, teen, approaches cop with an incredible gesture that le- left him floored. What's this about? I love this story because it shows that people can, you know, get along and, and people can, you know, just do a kind little deed that goes a really long way. So what happened here, it was in North Carolina. This cop, Brad Potter, was sitting in his car and this teenager came up to him and he thought, oh, the, the teen must want directions or something. And but the teenager comes up and he says, hey, you know, can I pray with you? And they pray together. And this happens to be an African-American teen, a white cop. So there's this other element, I think, of this that's really nice, considering what's been going on between police and obviously the African-American community uh, over the past year or two. So really, they, they pray together. And the story just stays with the cop. The cop was so moved by the fact that this teenager came up to him that he posted about it on Facebook and it went viral. And then they actually had a reunion after, which is really cool. And the kid was interviewed by by news media. And it turns out the kid is a Christian. And he said, I just wanted to, to share Jesus with this cop. And so it's just a really, I mean, what a great kid, what great parents who raised this kid. And it's, again, just a simple, kind little deed that went such a long way. Well, I love it that he prayed with him for, you know, the cop's safety and thanked him for what he does. And uh, as you mentioned, he said, I wanted to make his day a little better and just share Jesus with him. Pretty impressive for a teenager. And then it shows them reuniting and hugging. So I think that's pretty neat for that story to go viral and for Faithwire, you know, your company to uh, help it go viral with that said. All right. How about the baseball team, the entire team? that uh, inspired the stadium with a massive group prayer. Because, you know, oftentimes in the group setting, uh, prayer is frowned upon. Sometimes even, you know, we're told not to do it sometimes, just plain and simple. Exactly. Well, and this is one of, again, another simple story that somebody noticed. One of my friends who's a TV host, Matt Faraci, um, he sent me a message and he's like, look, I was at the World Baseball Classic Championship the other night at Dodger Stadium. This was last Wednesday. And he was just getting ready to watch the game. And Team Puerto Rico was facing off against Team USA. And before and after the game, but before the game, when he first noticed it, the entire team, Team Puerto Rico, was gathered in prayer. And they weren't doing it, you know, off to the side. I mean, they were in the dugout, but everybody could see it. It was out in front of everyone. And it turns out, Um, Matt, this TV host, one of his kids said, hey, look, dad, look what's going on over there and drew his attention to it. And it just 
I think it inspired him and it inspired a lot of other people to see people praying so openly. And he said, hey, you know, it made me wonder why isn't Team USA doing it, right? <laughs> like he right. wanted to see Team USA do that too. But Team Puerto Rico lost the game. And I think this is really important. They lost the game and they still went out there and prayed after again, which I love. They prayed for their fans. And so it's just a really cool thing to see an entire group of people who have a, a platform like that uh, thanking God and praising God even even after they lost the game. I think that that camaraderie in sports and that Christian thread that is in there can be uh, so uh, powerful. Uh, when my husband, uh, pardon me, my husband, <laughs> when my boyfriend all through college was playing for the University of Colorado, his um, coach there, uh, Bill, oh, come on, and he's so well known in the Christian circles. He, he's really involved with men of faith. Uh, no, Bill McCartney. Uh, Bill McCartney. Yep. Yeah, Bill McCartney. Um, he would, you know, that was a big part of their circle, their prayer, and their their the bond in between these guys. And it really is powerful. My son works out. He's eleven at a gym um, ca- called Sick Athletes uh, a, a Strength in Christ, and uh, it has been, you know, a really powerful experience for him to be around other athletes who are Christians. So I, I love that idea of the group prayer. All right. A miracle update about a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers star, a premature baby. Yeah. I mean, this story is unbelievable because what, what ended up happening, this is J.R. Smith. Um, his little baby daughter, Dakota, was born, uh, I mean, this is just unbelievable, was born, uh, I think it was at 24 weeks. Um, so she was very, Whoa. very, very early. It was five, five months early, essentially. And, you know, basically, back in the day, that would happen, and it was almost always a death sentence. But technology and life has changed so much that a baby, even though the odds can be stacked against them, can survive. And in the case of Dakota, Dakota is is doing really well. I mean, she's still in the hospital, but they've removed her breathing tube. Um, she doesn't need the breathing tube anymore. And she's almost three pounds, which is a huge benchmark. And so you know, these updates have been going on for a while. And the crazy part is J.R. Smith and his wife, the first update they put out to the public was very somber. This is back in January when they, they were on video and they said, you know, our baby is here. We need prayer. Um, she came way too early. And now here we are months later and we're seeing these pictures and, you know, the baby's mother had a chance to finally hold her for the first time without uh. all the tubes, you know. And so it's just it's an incredible story. There's uh, pictures and video over on Faithwire. You can check it out. Oh, that is a beautiful story. Oh, it's so cool you get to work on these stories. All right. A cancer battle. Uh, a famed Christian says he encountered Christ in a powerful dream. We have about a minute left for this one. This is, you know, these stories are amazing when people say they've seen Jesus in a dream. And this is Nabil Qureshi. He has um, stomach cancer. He's well known because he converted from Islam to Christianity and has written a bunch of books about that. But now he's suffering from cancer. And he had essentially prayed to God, just give me a sign. And you know, I can't go into all the details because it's a long story, but he had this dream about Jesus and he heard a couple of words and those words were sponge and bath. <laughs> and he thought this is really weird, but this incredible lesson that he learned after that dream and he believes that God was trying to speak to him. And I think, you know, it, it's just an amazing story. You got to read it and see, and it has to do with his cancer battle and, and sort of overcoming the fear that he has because of that. Interesting. All right. Your website, Billy? Faithwire.com. You can find all these stories and more. Wonderful. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. 
Well, always a pleasure to have Billy Hollowell. And now we're joined by uh, Beatrice Bruno again. And Donna Hetzler is joining us, uh, both authors and speakers. All right, ladies, uh, I think one of the stories I was uh, touched by the most with uh, the Billy Hollowell segment was the teenager who walked up to the um, uh, cop and said, how can I pray for you? I mean, that just... I, I'm what a great kid in the fact that it went viral and that the cop was so touched by it. I just thought, wow, that is a neat story. I'd like to know that kid's parents. Yes, really yes. good point. I really would because yes. you know what you sow is what you reap. Whatever they have sown into that child, that child is not afraid to go and pray for anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just awesome to me. Yes, it really and is. they're teaching them boldness too. Yes. Yes. You know, being bold about the kingdom, and that's right. I love it. I think that's a good point. The boldness. I think mm-hmm. it's hard for kids to be bold. We were asking Riley earlier, my son, about wearing a cross at school made out of nails, and then the nail that he wears with John three sixteen, mm-hmm. and if kids make fun of him about that, and um, he's like, well, whatever, no, not really. And, uh, you know, to be bold and to be confident in your faith and not let others intimidate you, you know? Yes. Not even a, a kid. I mean, us as adults yes. can yes. be a little fearful of being bold, depending on the situation and who the person is. And could I say, you know, can I pray for you or do I dare? So, yes, mm-hmm. I think it's it spans the generations and we need to be bold in our faith absolutely mm-hmm. and, and the cop said too you know this happened a few weeks ago but in the state of the way things are in the world and it's an african-american teenager and a white cop so again with the you know situation um the, the strain with mm-hmm. cops and sometimes their neighborhoods and how people view them and uh, feel about them it kind of made it extra special and the cops i thought it was important to share it and uh, he said, to be honest, I was pretty stunned. I thought he was going to ask for, uh, you know, directions or something. And he said he actually stammered out of course. Uh, and he said he was in a bit of awe at the heart of the young man, admiring the fact that uh, this young man was so willing to approach a cop so simply just to bestow an act of simple kindness. And uh, we prayed for uh, his safety. That kid prayed for his safety, uh, for the safety of his brothers and sisters in blue, uh, for the safety of the community. And uh, uh, the cop walked with Turner, the, the boy, over to his father who was nearby. And he told the father that he'd raised a wonderful son. And then they took a photo together. He asked if, you know, he took his phone out and said, so it was just a beautiful moment that showcased the best in humanity. And now it has uh, gone viral. And Here's the cute photo if you want to look it up. Brad Potter is the cop, and he posted it on his Facebook oh, nice. page. Yes. Yeah. So, and I, I, I think it's interesting how you say that's an act of kindness because I think we kind of forget about prayer. Yeah. Being oh, no, Beatrice prays for anybody and everybody. I know. Yeah. I'm always asking her for prayer. <laughs> Girl, stop can a you help? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, you know, if, if we don't pray for each other, and that's, that's, I'm having a hard time with that right now mm-hmm. because we have seemed to forgotten what the effect of prayer mm-hmm. on our lives yes and you know it's not cool to just pray for us for and no more that's okay? right we got to pray for that neighbor down the street that's having a hard time that we don't even know about we've got to pray for those cops we've got to pray for you know the airline pilots i do a lot of flying pray for them because we don't know what they're going through right you know and for this young man to step up to a, a cop and and it doesn't even matter that they were culturally different mm-hmm. it's just that he stepped up to a cop and, and he had said, the courage the yes. courage yeah. sir can i pray for you today 
Absolutely. And to pray for his safety in their community. Yeah. You know, the other one that really touched me that um, Billy mentioned and how, you know, Billy used to work for the Blaze, like my friend Michael Pelka, and then he's so blessed now to work for Faithwire because they get to cover all these cool stories. So every week when we talk, he's got stories like this that I think are so neat. And uh, the one that um, also touched me in the four he just shared with us was the scene that unfolded at Dodger Stadium uh, just before Team Puerto Rico faced off against Team USA, and he was talking about the final game in the World Baseball Classic Championship. And, uh, you know, that the, the son of this baseball writer had said, Dad, look at look at the team and Team Puerto Rico as they gathered in you know their dugout to pray. I think what surprised me is they didn't just pray before they they played; they prayed after they lost. It was a very emotional uh, a game, and it was a lengthy uh, prayer. It wasn't just like a prayer, you know, our safety, and we have a great game. Amen. Right. You know, they really got into it, and uh, I just think it's touching that. In our country, to see Team Puerto Rico gather like that stood out to us um, as something unusual, but also something to be admired and some, you know, a beautiful gesture of these men together, uh, being, you know, humbling themselves before the Lord in prayer uh, and tipping their caps, you know, taking their hats off and everything for for mm-hmm. this prayer. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. And I, I look, Angie. I'm just going to tell your listeners: if y'all need prayer, just contact me, Beatrice at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. It, regardless of whether I um, hit you back on email. I'm going to pray for you. Whatever your request is, just send it because I don't mind praying for people. And I have a prayer team. It's called Powwow, Prophetic On Watch Women of Worship and War. And we will pray for your needs so that God can move for you because it's time to pray. And the word of God says that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. And he's not talking about a particular um, gender. He's talking about mankind. So if we would just put our prayers together, trust me, God will move on your behalf. So just Email me, Beatrice at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. I'm and emailing I'll be glad you right to, now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be glad to pray for you and get my team to pray for you. And they are up early. What time is your prayer call? Our prayer is 6 um, Mountain, 5 Pacific, and on down the line all the way to the East Coast um, Central, uh, 8 o'clock. Um, yeah. So you yeah, gather all these people across the country to yes. pray yes. Every, morning, every weekday morning? Monday through Friday, yes. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yes. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. So for you, Beatrice, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by prayer or they wonder, is it working? Is this, how do I do this? What do I do? So how has this been, how has this changed your life to get up every morning so early and be on a prayer call like this? Well, it, it helps me to realize, Angie, that it's not about me. It's about God's people being blessed through prayer. God's people's, um, God's people having answers, you know, results from their prayers. And then the word of God says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he shall be in a midst. And then if we just stand as though touching in agreement with each other, and that's prayer, you know, God is able to move on the power of that prayer. So that when people start praying something like Mark 11 and 24, where it says, what things soever that ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive it and ye shall have it. That's you and somebody else standing with you to help you bolster you up in faith and saying, you know, Donna, it's going to happen because God said, and I'm standing as though touching an agreement. And so um, it, it helps me to pray for other people, to see the plight of other people and to help them to get to the place that they need to get to through prayer. prayer. And I like how you said receive, because I have to receive that prayer and accept 
that blessing from you. Exactly. Like this morning, I prayed for the generations. I prayed down to 10 generations for for families Mm. and pray. You know, I pray there will be no more abortions, no more um, miscarriages, that the babies that God has destined to come to serve and to um, to be in this season, that they will come forth down to 10 generations so that God's will and purpose will be done in the lives of these families. I pray that God that brings forth the gifts and the talents that he has put within these families so that they can go forward and move and do the things that God has called them to do. And it's important that we pray like that. You know, it's not enough to just talk about the White House. Well, Mr. Trump is up there and I just don't see the United States do it. Shut up and pray. That's all I can say. (laughs) Shut up and pray. Because if you're talking against him, and he's the head of the United States. This is a position that God has put in place. Okay. And you're praying against him. Well, guess what, baby? Okay. You're praying against all you're of us. You're praying against mm-hmm. all of us. That's okay. Right. And see, we have to get to the point where we, instead of saying, well, Donald Trump, he just rah, 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 shut up and say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up Mr. Trump to you right now. God, God, that you will touch him, give him wisdom, knowledge, understanding, revelation, and discernment. Father God, soften his heart toward you so that he will move by what you want him to do, God. And when we start praying prayers like that, God is able to act on those prayers and he will dispatch his angels to go and do the things that we're asking to be done. I'm just saying. Amen. I'm so overwhelmed by the information that comes in on either side that, you know, I've never been this ensconced in political news. And Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, I prefer news. You know, news every day, it changes. I can find good news and the bad news also changes. And we move on. I feel like we're just stuck in this like blender Mm -hmm. of like information that is so difficult to find the truth that it's like a tornado of information negative on both sides there's hardly any middle ground and the information you can't like it's so difficult to find the truth within this Mm -hmm. that to me it it seems overwhelming of course I'm conservative Mm -hmm. you know of course uh, I'm a Christian and I'm a conservative and Christian radio host with that said I feel like covering politics has become really negative yes. and mm-hmm. very um, a swirl of information. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And like uh, Chaplain Black had said, we had interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we align our wills with God's and pray that yes. our Father prayer, yes. like you said, Beatrice, we're no longer griping about That's the right. situation. We're saying, we're claiming that That's God right. will. His will yes. will be done, yes. you know, in our United States. So, Absolutely. so pray. And when somebody asks you to pray, stop and pray right then. That's right. And That's uh, Beatrice, right. if people want to reach you for prayer, what's your website? DrillSergeantOfLife.com. All right, Donna, your website? DonnaHetzler.com. And Donna also has a women's ministry, Jericho Girls. Yes. And it's real encouraging as well. And you can always find me and uh, com- make your comments at AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. 
It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. Well, the good news is that if you're feeling loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of a job, just feeling down and like you're stuck in the past, Sandy Steffes is a friend of mine. Sandy Steffes, Spirit Coaching, spirit-coaching.net, 720-353-9573. She has come up with a plan that helps you get unstuck, get out of the past, set goals, and move forward. If you'd like to work with Sandy, I highly recommend her. Again, Sandy Steffes, spiritcoaching.net, 720-353-9573. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, She uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise, but not a lot of it, just six to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s on these workouts on Saturday at 830, man, we have a great time and it literally is a 12 minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yes. Yeah, so come to North Glen Saturdays. It's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. Hey, it is Angie. Well, there are three times per day that apparently you should not touch your phone, your smartphone specifically. Joining us is author and speaker Arlene Pellicane, and uh, she's the author of several books, including Growing Up Social. So there are three times we should not touch our phone. Arlene, tell us about this. Welcome. Yeah, I'm sure you could kind of think about it. Hmm, What are those three times? The first time is first thing in the morning. So many of us, we roll out of bed, and the first thing we do is we grab our phone, whether we're checking our weather, whether we're checking our text. I mean, it happened this morning, like my husband got a text really early. He's a property manager, which means that he needs to leave his phone on in case someone says, my water is leaking at 3 a.m. or whatever. So he's one of those guys who's got his phone on. So yes, there are professions that that has to happen, but if that's not you, leave your phone off and leave it out of your room. So you can wake up in the morning and your first thought can be, let me, you know, have a a cup of coffee or let me say a prayer or let me think of something I'm thankful for instead of like, wow, I picked up my phone and wow, it's going to be really cold and I'm really behind already. So first thing in the morning, It's kind of even, I even know people who put a post-it note on it that says, you know, something like have your coffee first or pray first, or, you know, just don't touch this first. So that's the first time, first thing in the morning. The next time you don't want to touch your phone is when you are having a meal with friends or family. So if you're gathered around, yeah, a date. So you're with someone in person, you're having a cup of coffee, or you are having mealtime with your family, it's dinner time, whatever it is, that is 
a time not to touch your phone. Your friend did not have lunch with you. Your kids did not have lunch with you for them to stare at you looking at your phone. Right. So put your phone down during mealtimes. And then the last time is last thing at night because many of us, we're kind of coddling our little phone. And, and right before we go to bed, we want to check, did we get any emails? Did I get any, any last minute texts? Is there like a sports score that I want to check? You know, am I watching TV right before I go to bed? Things like that. Did I watch a video? Just let it go. And, you know, 30 minutes before you go to bed, have that non-screen time to slow you down, calm you down, kind of start your brain thinking, okay, it's time to go to sleep. So those three times not to touch your phone, first thing in the morning, meal times, last thing in the day. And I think it's um, so important because our kids are watching us. They're learning from us. And if we don't pay attention to them when they're younger, they'll certainly turn the tables on us and uh, get lost in their devices as they get older. And uh, I don't think we, that's how we want to teach our kids to be. There's too many kids that are lost on uh, you know, social media and yeah. lost in their devices. All right, Arlene, where do we find you? ArlenePelican.com. And notice if you follow these rules of these three times, there's plenty of other times you can use your phone. So you're going to be just fine. You'll but just, just designate fine. these three times as screen-free times. Love it. Thank you, Arlene. Thanks, Angie. Michael Pelka with the Blaze joining us for a trending story that will actually make you feel good. It's about time you made us feel good, Michael Pelka. What's going on? It's not easy being me, I'll tell you. But it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a really interesting story coming out of the military. A mom sent her boy off to serve overseas. He can't tell you where he is, but it's really hot where he is, so you want to guess. And the first day they got there, everybody was allowed to wear their civilian clothes and run around. So most of the guys put on jeans and T-shirts. He came out wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a straw hat. Well, everybody in his group flipped out, laughing, crazy. Aww. And it became a thing. So he called his mom when he got his first call home. And he said, hey, mom, I got an idea. Can you send me about 30 Hawaiian shirts? Aww. And I want to give them to all the guys. Well, she went, yeah. So they collected Hawaiian shirts from all their friends and neighbors in their church. And they hand wrote thank you notes to each one of the soldiers and put them in the pocket. Beautiful. So sent them on to the guys. They all got them. And somebody caught wind of it. Now it's gone viral. She's collecting shirts from all over the country and sending them to the soldiers everywhere with these handwritten notes. It's my favorite thing this week. Hawaiian shirts for deployed soldiers. You can see their Facebook page. I just think it's a wonderful, silly little idea. And let's face it, Ange, you know, you know, in your husband's closet, there's a shirt you're dying to get rid of. I love this. I think the vets, <laughs> we, we forget about what they're going on, uh, what, what, you know, what they're going through. And there is another organization called a Cup of Joe, and you can actually buy like a cup of coffee uh, on base for a, uh, a soldier. And you can put a thank you note or whatever note you want along with the coffee. I think that's so cool. And this idea is genius. And it obviously brings some joy, a little smile to their faces. All right, Mike, your website. The website is theblaze.com. You click on the channels, you find my face, you follow me, you listen noon to three Eastern, and we'll all be happy, won't yes. we? Yeah, we will. I'm happy right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.